handsome contest. And welcome back to another episode of the Guys Who Talk About Sports. This is Zach, and with me as always is Brent, Steve, and Matt. This is episode 38, and we're talking about the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and the curse of the anti-jinx prevails. MLB talk and schmuck of the week. And I got to tell you, this MLB talk, there's a lot of buzz around it. But all this and more coming at you first. Uh, for some business, you know, this episode is brought to you on all platforms by Anchor, the guys who talk sports. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, guys talk sports with two Zs, and Instagram, guys talk sports 101. And now to the episode. Yeah, brand new home, I think I made it Key to the city, I keep to open the gates with A briefcase with a million under the pavement That's just on some rainy day shit Yeah, and kids getting murdered that I grew up with They shooting up, doing drugs, or they doing nothing My girl's parents still living out in the hood I come through in that new Beamer like the shit all good Damn well, Zach, I know we usually get started with uh, NHL talk right off the bat, but today specifically, on the day we're recording, on Wednesday, June 16th, there was an abundance of NBA news. I mean, if you follow us on Instagram, at Guys Talk Sports 101, you would have seen all the stories we posted today, just back to back. First of all, moment of silence for CP3. I will remember you. Poor CP3. Sam as always. He just gets hurt. I mean, he didn't get hurt. He got COVID, unfortunately. And we hope we hope we hope and pray that he has a smooth recovery. But God damn it. It always seems like when CP3 is at his best or finally proven all the doubters wrong, some some bullshit like this happens. So I want to take a minute to talk about this really quick. Now that you brought up CP3 and his COVID situation, it seems to me that some uh, it, there's got to be some kind of foul play going on with this because there's no way that CP3, like if you were to tell me CP3's leg breaks in half in the middle of the playoffs, you know, anti-jinx, uh, I would, you know, okay. But he gets COVID after COVID's like pretty much over. Everyone's vaccinated. All the players didn't have to get vaccinated. Uh, I looked it up and said it's unclear whether or not he was vaccinated. And now they're saying all this stuff about, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, like you telling me, you telling me LeBron game seven gets COVID there. There. I don't even know. They were still, te- I don't know. Something seems, something seems, I don't know what it is. You Let me know. Let me know, Brent. Seems like a good time for conspiracy theories. Wah, 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 wah. I was actually wondering that earlier today, too, if he whether or not he was vaccinated. I do know that LeBron has not been vaccinated yet. So that would have been an interesting take to uh, bring to the table had he still been in the playoffs. But old Bronny Bron went home packing. It's it's very interesting because why why would a player not be vaccinated at this point? You know, was he vaccinated? Was he not vaccinated? If he was and got COVID, that's even crazier. If he wasn't and got COVID, I mean. Who's to say, you know, I mean, is that on him? Is that on the organization? Who's that on, Matthew? Well, if he isn't vaccinated, that's on him. Um, I think probably to play in the league, you should, they, they should have been vaccinated. They should have been one of the pe- first people to get the vaccination just because uh, of the, the level that they're playing at. And obviously a lot of people depend upon the NBA um, and the games and stuff. Great morale booster uh, to get through this whole thing. Um, but having said that, Maybe he's like on some like like if you told me Kyrie did not get vaccinated like like what are the what are the what, are the, what is the over under on Ky, whether or not Kyrie got vaccinated? Let's also put into context that we you know we've seen him burning sage before like games and stuff. He's very into I would I'm gonna guess I'm not sure this could be wrong but like traditional medicine you know um, he, doesn't in he doesn't believe in like Western medicine of course. Well yeah if, if you're burning sage you probably don't need the vaccine that's that's a given obviously. Sage, well, see, that's you know, again, like I said, my my understanding of hexes is very all I know is anti jinx did win this world series. Anything past that, I, I really can't comment on. Um, Kyrie is he's not playing the next game, is that what they said? I, I just saw he was playing out of the series because you know what it seemed to me like the Nets were doing. It seemed to me like the Nets are doing like a like, like there's like there's no way, like at a high level, we can have three superstars at the level of Kyrie, KD, and Harden performing at once, right? 
so they, yeah they just take turns like almost like it's like towards the end of the season you know and they're resting them so it's like yeah Harden's gonna sit for these couple games Kyrie is gonna sit for a couple games and they're just you know Zach do you think Kyrie got vaccinated I don't know I mean they don't I mean their option too they don't like I, I know this is the same thing that I mean obviously the NFL hasn't started up but ever since OTAs I think this is a question that's starting to come up and even in the workplace, it's it's. Uh, I don't even know if an employer is even allowed to ask employee. Um, but long story short, is your you know right to choose whether you can get it or not. So I mean, I don't know. Probably, I would say probably not. I mean, especially like I mean, I, I was thinking about it too. Like, if you're a professional athlete, your money maker is your body, yep. right? Like. Like you're everything with your body. So like you're going to inject your body with something. You don't fully understand. I mean, like there's, there's just a lot of more questions. Right. So like one thing that I know that the Washington football team did, they brought in like, um, they had COVID specialists from Harvard to go just give more information because you never know what's going on with any information that's going out there, especially with COVID and, you know, having somebody like that come and speak a little bit more about it. Maybe made more people who are comfortable, maybe made more people, you know, confirm how they feel too, if they didn't want to get it. So I, I think, I think the NBA is a lot of the same too, but they kind of had to finish their season in a bubble last year. And I believe they did want it. They wanted to do everything not to do that again. For sure. Right. They all um, hated the bubble. I think psychologically it mm-hmm. had a lot of wear and tear on the players that I think spilled over into this season too, even. Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, I, I was even talking about it last Last episode, the bubble with the Lakers, and I think Matt touched on it too. Um, that he wasn't buying it, right? Like the Laker hype, or not even just just the bubble hype, like the Nuggets, right? Like Jamal Murray comes out of you know, he's a bubble player, but like, what does, what does that mean? You know, I, I like him, but I, 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 a lot of wear and tear, a lot of a lot of restriction. I mean, I thought so. the Suns were just kind of like a a nice bubble story. Last year, you know, the fact that they just barely missed the playoffs and whatnot. And I was like, ah, yeah, Mining Williams, whatever. But this year, you know, going into this year, they're not going to do anything special. And then they get CP3, and all of a sudden, you know, they're just fucking hitting on all cylinders. And, Steve, now that you had a week for us to just flood your Instagram with uh, CP3 videos and highlights from the sweep of this past round against the Nuggets... What's what? What is your opinion this week? You're you're a week smarter than you were last week. Well, I didn't uh, pay too much attention to those, but here's a question. So, what are we categorizing as a point guard? Is LeBron a point guard? The man, he's a primary ball handler. Is I think basketball is I mean, positionless sport. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, so then what the fuck are we talking about? Is CP3? No, what I mean by that is like. A guard's a guard, a point guard. There's no such thing as like really like a point guard, shooting guard per se. They're really just guards and forwards. But that's what's interesting about CP3 and like someone like Rajon Rondo is they're kind of like the old school, like the, the traditional point guard, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I got you. If you're thinking of just, you know, guys that are looking to pass first, CP3 is top five. But here's the thing. He can also get his shot where when healthy – you know, the main the main emphasis of this line, when healthy, CP3 can get his shot wherever he wants. He is in control of the game and where it goes. He controls the tempo, unlike any other player besides maybe like LeBron or like, I wouldn't even say like Kawhi. Like there, there's only certain players in the league that can really control the tempo. It's when you get to a certain age, a certain experience in the league, you know, like D-Wade kind of had the ability before he got hurt to do that. You know what I mean, though? I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. It's just, you're, you're still, you're still talking about a league that has so much history, like going back all those years. And it's, I don't know. I was never the biggest fan of comparing eras either because, you know, it seems like that's what we're doing, right? Are more ticky tack with calls. And so like, you know, things change from era to era, it's, you know, arguably hard, you know, easier to score now. So, so comparing like scoring numbers now to scoring numbers 30 years ago is not really fair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my top five primary ball handler looking to pass first type of point guard. It's top five. I'll accept top five. Matt, do you have something you want to, uh, 
One is top five seems like an elevation from last week. You you were saying uh, top ten last week, so I'm uh, yeah. You were like I'll give him top ten, but I mean obviously yeah, the NBA is is somewhat positionless. But I mean if you're gonna say point guard, I'm, to me that means a guy who brings the ball up the court and is looking and is a floor general. He's a guy who commands your offense. He's a guy who everything runs through him. If he's bringing the ball, sure, and, and you can make a fair argument that LeBron could be considered a point guard, but it's just not his closest role on the, I mean, it's just not the closest thing you could, you got to call him something, right? You got to call him something. And I think there, he, he fits other descriptions as much, but yes, in that description, you could uh, consider LeBron a point guard, but he's not um, like, again, I was thinking earlier, uh, AI, like is AI a point guard? Uh, no, because what Eric Snow brought the ball up the court for what, like five years uh, during his prime. So, and, and he's also, he's also a score first guy. It's get, get AI the ball and let him score. He's not the kind of guy who, who's like calling the plays, slowing the tempo down and moving the ball. He, he's just not as much of a floor general. He's a, he's a scoring uh, guard. And you could even make the same argument. You could even say Damian Lillard is a shooting guard, not a point guard again. It, eh, but uh, a lot of questions to be answered. CP three, definitely incredible. And his, the defense, I mean, like, like, let's talk about the defense, right? Uh, you know, we're watching Steve Nash highlights on the TV right now. We're seeing um, Steve Nash. Steve Nash got a lot of highlights. Steve Nash, he's top 10, top five, possibly, probably not, but definitely six or seven, uh, eight maybe, definitely in there. Um, two league MVPs, you can't argue with. If you want to argue with two league MVPs, I don't have to tell you. But here's what I can tell you is, is Steve Nash, he didn't have the defense that Chris Paul has. He was very weak on defense. Scoring-wise, no problem. Efficiency-wise, immaculate. Highlights, immaculate. And, like, one of the things you – is it, like, kind of tough to, like, hear me from there? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I can't hear you at all. Uh, like, defense is the ability to stop a person from doing what they're trying to do. And, you know, one of the things is blocks, one of the things is steals, but, like, another of it is just, you know, to – fuck with them you know like I, I yeah like i don't know if you could just look at like steals or just blocks or just rebounds and say like oh you know he's a better defender because he had more steals point guard i think a major thing too is a player's ability to shut certain players down you know like Kawhi. i know this isn't a point guard but Kawhi, for example when he was on the raptors in that series against the bucks a couple years ago 2019 or whatever they're down 2-0 in that series you know, Giannis is going crazy. They have no answer for the Bucks, And then the Raptors just go, Nick Nurse just goes, wait a minute. Let's just put Kawhi on him. I think they won four straight after that. You know, Giannis was like, wait a minute. Like, who the, what the fuck? This dude's a robot. Speaking of Kawhi, though, this is another tragic news story that came out today. Kawhi is out indefinitely with a bad knee. Now, I was watching the game last night. I didn't watch too much of it, but I tuned into the game. This was last night that they played, right? I think it was last night. And there was a certain play towards the end of the game. There's maybe a minute left. And Kawhi's going up for a layup. You know, he does like a little step through, goes up for a layup. And he comes down very awkwardly, very awkwardly. And he kind of just like hobbles for a second. And it was like, at first, like, is that an ankle? You're like, no, that's not an ankle. That's that, that looks like a knee. You know, he came, came down fucking weird and kind of hobbles. And then he walked it off, like, immediately. He was like, oh, oh, no, I'm fine. And then keeps going. The game, not too much after that, and the game was over. And then today, I get an update. Kawhi's got a sore knee. He told the Clippers. Then I guess they test on it. I don't know exactly what his injury is, but it's ACL-related, Matt says. And now he's out indefinitely. And there goes the Clippers shot because now, you know, last week we were saying how Kawhi told PG, like, hey, take, take a seat, P PG, you know? Have some ice cream. I got this. And he was like, thank you, Kawhi. Well, shit, PG, bro, your vacation's over. Time to step up. Show us why uh, they call you playoff P. Ball game. Kawhi's not playing. The Clippers are done. I mean, the, the, the Jazz are just too good. They got too many weapons. They got jumping Joe Ingles. I mean, it's just, it, there's no shot. They got Spida. They got, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they're, they're done. Paul George ain't doing nothing against that. Kawhi was their only hope. Um, but as you said about the defense, which I'm glad you brought up Kawhi's defense, and I'm glad that we are talking. I don't know if I brought it up, but I'm glad we are talking about defense because this playoff 
especially in the bubble and now kind of bleeding into this playoffs defense is like it's it's abysmal like it's when i when i was like rooting for like the nuggets and i was watching every single game i mean they did not even try to contest shots like they would like a, like someone gets it's if you want an open three you can take it like no one's gonna stop you and it's just who who's gonna have a better shooting night they're probably gonna win the game um and you know when it comes down to it uh there's 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 certain players again like Kawhi who do play defense which are one of the few superstars i saw the the, the beef with uh, Giannis and KD, Giannis, he could uh, strap up KD. And then I saw James Harden had a, a, you know, when he waved off someone, I can't remember, who, he waved off whoever was, uh, you know, possibly giving him help uh, when he was guarding Giannis. But then I, 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 I took a closer look at that, at that, uh, that clip and you realize that what is, what is Harden doing right there? One, he's playing defense, which Harden doesn't normally do. So, you know, props to him, uh, you know, making the league slightly watchable. Uh, but more than that, what he did was definitely illegal, uh, I think, by the rules of the NBA. But you know what it did make for a much more competitive and interesting game. He took his hand and he rammed it into uh, Giannis's side right here, you know, right right here and just grabbed him. And then at that point, uh, you're, you're useless because at that point, once you have your hand right there and you're you control that player, if they want to do a turnaround you know they're doing a turnaround before they even know they're doing the turnaround. You you control that player, and you can even almost like slow their turnaround, and you know it's just like you are in sync with every movement they do, and that's exactly what it did. He did a turnaround jumper, and Harden was right in his face. But because he had that hand check, I don't know. Maybe they could bring that back, but it was beautiful defense. I loved it, and uh, I'm all for it. Harden is one of the best at getting away with, you know, doing some sly shit, whether it's offensively and I guess defensively now too, you know, he's – He's one of the best at jumping four feet out of the way while he's taking a shot, bumping into someone, and then drawing the foul. They got to get rid of that shit. That's, uh, I mean, like, sometimes, you you know, you jump, don't jump. But, I mean, it's gotten pretty bad. Do you think the game is better now that, you know, they let these guys play? You can't hand check. You know, you see guys like Devin Booker, Trey Young, you know, Steph Curry that can actually, you know, have an impact on the court, whereas, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they would just get their nose flattened on the side of their cheek just because it was such a rough game, such a different game back then. Way more defensive, way more physical, you know, a lot harder to score. Do you think the game's better now? Or do you think it was better in the good old days? It depends. Uh, if you're talking to the NBA execs, of course they want scoring because scoring sells, uh, higher tempo uh, sells, and uh, yeah, scoring sells. But I mean, how long is that going to last you? Once. Uh, the players realize it's basically impossible to play defense, uh, which is what you're kind of seeing almost. Like you think like regular season, okay, no defense. The regular season NBA, you're not going to see any defense. That's just a fact. Playoff defense usually expected, but I've, I've watched some pretty horrible defensive performances this this playoff series, and it's it's got me thinking. I mean, maybe the good old days, I don't know. Like maybe, and I saw when, like, when Jokic uh, in game, uh, in an elimination game, Jokic got ejected because of a hard foul like like he slammed down the ball and his his forearm brushed his nose kind of kind of harder than normal and so he like call a foul sure a technical uh, but to eject him in an elimination playoff game it just i mean obviously he did you can see he did it out of frustration but i mean uh, uh you know he was getting fouled all game they weren't calling it and then it's well you can't even look at a ref nowadays without getting a tech yeah, it's it's way too it's it's too soft. I feel like, but then again, in the nineties, like it, it's nice to see these dudes coming up with these you know cool moves. It's it's cool to see game flow like that. There's got to be some sort of middle ground though, to where it's not ticky tack like it is today, but you're not having dudes get absolute mauled like Michael Jordan was getting by like the entire Detroit Pistons team in the, in the playoffs. Like there's got to be somewhere in the middle. Well, isn't it funny that the game isn't as rough now as it used to be and flops are just up through the roof? Like, people flop like it's like there's no tomorrow. People start to turn a little bit into soccer vibes in that sense, dude. And I, uh, you know, it makes my skin crawl just saying it. Yeah, no, don't don't let the NBA become soccer. In, in terms of flopping, you know, I, I have respect for soccer or whatever as a sport, kind of. But, like, <laughs> don't let it become that that bullshit flopping stuff. Don't 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 let that happen. So I guess uh, to round out the NBA talk, Zach, I want to direct this to give you the floor to talk about this first. Your boy Scotty B, Scott Brooks, 
the former head coach of the Washington Wizards. Now, he didn't get fired. They were in contract negotiations. Apparently, it fell through. They couldn't come to an agreement on a number. They decided to part ways. That's how they put it, you know? Maybe a little... I don't know what that is. We're going to add that into the conspiracy theory hour. Dun, dun, dun. But Zach, you know, I, um, it was, it was time to rip the bandaid, you know, five years, uh, a lot of, uh, one and dones in the playoffs. I mean, I think in the five years, I think he made the playoffs three times had really injured teams like twice. I think, uh, still played decent. Um, I just I don't love him as a coach. I don't know. He doesn't really do it for me. I've always I've always felt he's been very mediocre. I mean, look what he did with OKC with all that talent. I mean, I get it; they were young, but I mean, like that does that's not an excuse anymore, really, in the NBA because they're young, right? Like you're expected to win, especially when you have talent of that size. I mean, I I, I get I get it that experience, but like, I mean, like a rookie LeBron, right? I mean, that'd be pretty nice. I mean, you had a rookie KD or not a rookie KD, but you had a young KD, young Harden, and Russ, and you got bounced from playoffs every year. I mean, it was not even – so, I don't know. I, I've always had a sour taste, and I think um, – They made the finals one I, year. They made the finals one year? Yeah, that's right. Against the Heat. But they All right, Zach, I have a quick question for you as well. Also, I don't know who they have in mind for the new that's like, actually coaching job. Like I, I and and I was pondering this myself, and this is also brings up the conversation of why did the Pelicans move on from uh, Van Gundy so quickly after one year? Um, and like, so Zion now has been there three years. He's going to have three coaches. Um, it's a lot of change. I know the coaching job's kind of attractive. I mean, is it? I mean, it's all it's like a chopping block essentially. You don't make the playoffs, you're done. So why go there, right? I mean, that'll be interesting. So sorry, man. No, I just had a question for you because I've been I've kind of always in my mind almost kind of compared these two when I watch the games. I've always kind of compared Scott Brooks of the Wizards to uh <laughs> Mark Turgeon with the Oh my uh, god the Terps. It just seems it's it's just like, methodical. Especially. It's just it's just like methodical and it's like, hey bud, just just do you like whatever you want to do, like I'm cool with that. And like that's their <laughs> offense. That that's their offense. And it's like, like it, it, especially like, like, one, I mean, I guess it's different because, like, one, I guess it's one, a little bit different in the NBA, college, but they definitely need way more direction. So but, like, but like, like Cardinal Sims <sighs> just have nothing. But it seems down the stretch, these guys have no plan. No, like, it just doesn't no seem like watching the Wizards or the Terps down the stretch, there's no plan, there's nothing. It's just in the like Mark Turgeon. Uh, uh, I mean, he's uh, a good recruiter, but like, I'm tired of having him be a good recruiter, and not win, right? Like, yeah, that, just, that's only good for so long. And the same thing with Scott Brooks. I mean, I think when you got no answers. Yeah, like, there's no place the conference, when, dude. dude. Uh, when you come out of when you come out of timeouts too, and you have no set play out of the out of bounds, you just like throw the ball up to half court, and then you're just like, all right, half court offense now. It's like you didn't even do anything. Like you didn't even you could have just set back screens like. I don't know. They just against the press down the stretch, like just oh, nothing. You fold. Just get it you to fold. the ball handler and hopefully don't turn it over. I don't know. I I don't really do it. You can do whatever you want, man. Tur- Turgeon needs like a calendar or a Trimble to be good. If he doesn't have that, yeah. His, his so team like a, a crazy just like, star. Oh yeah, no, right. But I'm just saying more of a like a point point guard though, like a ball handler. Like he, like Diamond yeah, Stone yeah. was really good, but like he didn't. He wasn't that good for us, right? Like. You see what I'm saying? It's pretty nasty. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it was good, but like, it wasn't like he was the only. I can't believe we lost that. That team was really good. Yeah, that uh, team. That was like my favorite Terps team. I've probably in in all recent. Memory. When they had when they had Robert Carter Jr. and Suleiman and Layman. Yeah, yeah, Tremble. exactly. That was somehow. A, that was a great team. Did they lose to Press Virginia that year? No. Who did no, they lose they lost to that Kansas year? that year? Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. They lost to Kansas, dude. Suleiman was my favorite player on that team. I, he was a Duke transfer. He a, didn't, he matter. Troubled didn't matter. He was a Duke man, transfer. Didn't matter. The man had a troubled past. But Zach, I know we all feel the same way about Turgeon. You know, he doesn't make uh, halftime adjustments. He doesn't really seem to have too much of a feel on the court, which is weird because he's, you know, you'd think as a coach gets older, they their philosophy kind of, you know, it, they would get better as a coach. But that's, I guess that's besides the point. 
he is a good recruiter. I will give him that, you know, for the fact that Maryland does bring in not, you know, the top guys that Duke and all of them bring in, but they bring in, I'd say like the tier two guys that make us competitive, give us a chance to, you know, get into, get into the tournament and like maybe in the future one day make a tournament run if Turgeon could do the other stuff. But Zach, my question for you, do you think it's a little more of a situation where like the grass isn't always greener on the other side? Like, yes, he's not a great like mm, in-game no. thing, but what if we got another coach that wasn't as good of a recruiter, you know? We're, like, I think the school, should rec- the school should recruit for itself. Like, I agree, but like if you're a college coach, you have connections to somewhere. You have some type of pipeline. Like you didn't just become Maryland's head coach out of nowhere unless you're a big name, right? Like, I don't know. Say Jake Lehman fucking retires in like 15 years and wanted, he wants to go coach, right? Like he could do that. And like his recruiting would probably be pretty shitty, but he'd be a good coach. Like, fuck it, right? So, but he wouldn't have to recruit. Like, that's like, that's the kind of coach you're looking for. You know what I mean? I think the reason they haven't replaced him is because uh, I don't know. Uh, they just don't have, like, they, they're looking for, you know, they're waiting for something like that to pop up. Or do you think it's, they're, do you think there's, they're sticking with him? It's like beating you know, your head against the wall and then telling yeah, yourself I mean, yeah, that not you're not hurting yourself. College hoops here when during the NBA it's playoffs, it's just but... it's just frustrating. We are Mar- talking about just frustrating as a Maryland fan. I mean, you watch these games. It's just there's just a, there's just nothing, right? So. Well, that's I guess the reason I I originally brought it up, which kind of ties it back to why it's relevant to the Scott Brooks thing, is I feel the mm. exact same mm-hmm. way watching the Wizards play. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm. I, it sounds like, like I feel the same way. Rui, I mean, I, I, our draft picks, you know, all right. Like, I kind of like Rui. I love Rui. You can't hit any. I'm okay. I'm had, in. We I also can, had, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the dude who tries to dunk on everybody. He plays for the, he did play for the Suns. Kelly Oubre. Uh, Kelly Oubre. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Kelly Oubre, who, Granted, need to learn how to take a layup now and again and not try to dunk on everybody. Uh, or maybe at mid-range. That was a great-ass – I think that was a great – amazing draft pick. Uh, I love him. I love – Didn't the, they draft Beal? Yeah, they drafted Beal. They drafted well, Beal. They got, I mean – I mean, they, they haven't had a horrible – I don't Tommy, think the Wizards Tommy Shepard's the, the GM. Picks, really. No, I mean, he's they, – didn't they just get a new GM? They recently did. Tommy we, Shepard. We've wasted they, draft picks, but it's not like – it's not like it's not like the like you know the the football team where but we're not you know, given also ahead. we've had we've had pretty bad luck in the lottery I know that yeah yeah I mean we just we're we're bad at bringing talent in because nowadays like if you want to have a competitive team oh you, you want to really come play for Scott Brooks. players move around you really gotta <laughs> have to have something that's gonna attract I I don't know uh, I don't, some some talent does that mean that Beal's on the move I or Westbrook? I don't think he is but. Or somebody Beal and Damian Lillard should both be on the move from their respective or should they all meet up in DC? Bring Lillard over here. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Come to the garden, fellas. He would know. love, he would the, love playing the in the grit East. and grind that we play with under Thibodeau. We are playing as a squad. The garden is back, the Knicks are back. Damian, Bradley, both of you together individually, you know, whatever you want to do, come on over to New York. We'd love to have you. Great question think, for you, Brent. Do you I think, think Brooklyn that, has enough players there, Brent? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, well, that's 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 my question. Almost is, do you think if the Knicks had the team that they had this year, the season they had this year, if you think that they had that season, what like three or four years ago, when uh, or I guess like two years ago, or even maybe when you know right. KD was moving and there was the rumors for that. Obviously, there was the rumors for like Zion originally, but do you think if you know three years ago they had this season with this kind of repertoire that they had this year? that they would have gotten that talent over the nets or that they could have been. Cause we know all the trade rumors uh, over the past few years about uh, players going to the Knicks. Do you think those could have been a reality had this season happened earlier? Well, possibly not because you never know what Kyrie and Kevin Durant are thinking. Well, you know what James Harden is thinking, you know, he just wants to go to a strip club. You know, he wants, he wants to get some good food in his belly. And yeah, you know, there you go. He, he wants to get an easy ship and he wants to break threes when it counts. But KD and Kyrie, on the other hand, you don't know what the fuck is going on between those ears. You know, they, they just they're they're both enigmas. 
I don't think Katie would have said that dumb shit he said where he's like, the Knicks just like, it's not the cool thing anymore, man. Brooklyn's not the cool thing anymore. Like, Zach, you were saying they, they have enough stars. They don't got enough fans, though, bro. If you watch their game, the crowd, they, they literally turn off the lights in the crowd because there's nobody there. And they're like, we got to hide him. Every stadium is basically back to like full Full capacity, if not like 50%, you know, 75%. Like, COVID is over. We beat it. Unfortunately, not for Chris Paul, but we're back. Tell me this, Brent. You really try to make the argument that the Nets, you're talking about the Nets here, right? Yeah. The Nets stadium, you're saying they're not selling out. You're telling, you're telling me that with KD, Harden, and Kyrie, you're telling me that they're not selling out, that there are, there, that there are, there are tickets that people just aren't buying. Dude, in the first round... I haven't kept up with it too much recently. In the first round, James Harden literally had to do a promo code. Like, there was a video that came out of him doing, like, hey, do promo code Harden 2021. Get 50% off your tickets. Like, let's go. We got to get the house packed. And then they showed the game that week or that the next game after that. And they had, like, they hadn't even sold out. They barely had anyone in their stadium. Now, the Knicks, on the other hand, they made the playoffs. They sold their tickets in, like, an hour, maybe 20 minutes. They sold it out like that. Why do you think that is, Brent? Why do you think that is? Those hungry Knicks fans. Because we the GOAT, and we back, and we battle win a championship next year after Bradley or Damian joins the squad. The Knicks, dude, like, we proved it this year that the Knicks, we own New York, dude. Like, nobody gives a shit about Brooklyn. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out, like, 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 oh, where's his argument here? Like, what's his, what's his, what's his thinking here? And then I realize, obviously, it, it, it's the same logic that leads a man to say that the Jets are winning three of the next five Super Bowls. It's just it, you can't even. There's nothing to argue with, right? It's just uh, uh, you know, complete nonsense. But uh, I earlier in the year I said this. I said I think the Wizards would beat the Knicks in a seven game series. Now I think that would be a great series. I'd love to see that. But I almost said. I did for a fact say that the Knicks were getting bounced almost immediately. And, and I don't know what it was. It's just a feeling with the NBA. I, my feelings actually tend to be pretty good. It's the only thing that I seemed to get right. Uh, more than, more than not. Um, and, and that was exactly right. And not that that was, you know, a hard one to pick or anything. Uh, but the reason why the Knicks stadiums are packed is because Knicks fans, uh, you know, the Knicks have been around for a long time. They're, you know, historic historical team, Madison square garden, all those, you know, uh, yeah, the Mecca, whatever, right? Uh, the, you got hungry fans. You got fans that have been dying to see the, Nick, the the Knicks play a decent game of basketball, let alone in the playoffs. Now, they didn't get to see it in the playoffs, which is really a bummer, but uh, they did get to see some regular season action, which is really all you can ask. Honestly, I had talked about it with my dad a lot, and just, you know, it would have been nice to obviously win that first round against the Hawks. If we had Mitchell Robinson, we probably would have fared better against them because we would have had Clint Capella, uh, Mitchell would have stacked up against Clint, but besides the fact, you know, I think we had a great season. Tibbs did great. Julius Randall, you know, for how bad he played in the playoffs, he did great too. And I'm proud of us and I'm excited to see us going forward, but we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. So if we had to go through all the series real quick, speed round, who do we think is going to make it to the finals in the West and the East? Steve, you go. Nuggets, dude. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. I mean, Phoenix look, looked pretty deadly. I'm not going to lie. Phoenix did look pretty good. I'm, I mean, fuck it. I'm going to say Phoenix. Go, Phoenix. I, you guys are talking like I think Chris Paul is a complete shithead and that he doesn't even deserve to be on a basketball court. You guys are like, oh, you guys are disrespecting Chris Paul. Saying he's a top five point guard of all time is given. Did I say he was washed? Did I say he was washed? Okay. All right. Well, I take I take that back. If I did say that, then I take that back. Chris Paul isn't washed. All right. Washed ass Chris Paul. Okay. All right. Well, that's pretty hard to defend. I will say one thing though. Um, we're acting like he's like gone, like like he tore his ACL, like possibly Kawhi. The man's only gonna be out for ten days. He will only possibly miss game one. That's another thing. Uh, I think the Suns possibly have a good chance to make the finals. But what do you think about about the Bucks and the Nets? I st- I still I'm taking the Nets. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know if I can give it to the Bucks just yet. The the Nets just seem too good. And then we're watching the Sixers and the Hawks play right now. It's still just you know 
I don't know. It seems like the Nets, it's theirs to lose. I said it, I think, last week or two weeks ago. The Nets are going to be NBA champions, barring any injuries. And what Kyrie fucked up his ankle. Yeah. Uh, what's up with James Harden? Is he back? Is he's he good? Back, but his hand, he doesn't have any legs. All of his shots are hitting short. I thought he had his legs. legs. James Harden lost his legs. Nets. Yeah, I'm going Nets as well. Uh, Nets are too good. They can just take turns with the superstars and it's over. Uh, Phoenix Suns, definitely going to win it because who? City three. And uh, Atlanta is going to win. Why? Bogdan Bogdanovich. And those are my picks. The Bogdan Bomber is going to do the Hawks well against the 76ers. I still believe in them to come back. Um, The Nets are definitely, uh, not definitely, we're going to see now, you know, it's up to Kevin. Like, hey, Kevin, what can you do? He showed us what he can do. He he pulled his nuts out and dragged it across America and was like, 49, 17, and 10. Eat it. Um, Nets are going to make it to the finals, and I think the Suns are also going to make it to the finals. And then I'm with you, Matt. The Suns are going to win. I was going to declare us a CP3 podcast before the news came out today that he got COVID. Hearts, T's and P's are with you, CP3. We know you're going to be back soon, better than ever. Um, I think I'm just going to declare myself a CP3 um, follower for life. But Zach, you care to uh, take us away right up into some MLB talk because there has been some interesting news going around in the MLB. Yeah. So uh, I know Steve will have a little bit more insight, but I can give what I have heard at least. So the MLB is investigating into uh, like, you know, the pitchers having extra grip or uh, I think it's called spider tack or if they're using um, uh, sunscreen with rosin or really like any type of advantage, your normal substance, you know, they were looking because that enhances the pitcher's, you know, spin rate or uh, velocity because of the, you know, a better grip on the baseball. So MLB is now doing a, a check. Uh, an umpire is going to check now for um, for these things in the games and the players will be ejected if they're found with it. Okay. So a pitcher recently came out and had an interview. His name is Tyler Glasnow and he's from the Tampa Bay Rays. And he was talking about how he played against the Nationals and he didn't use any substance saying that he has used some type of substance in the past, right? Whether that was sunblock or and rosin like he normally does since he's been throwing since the start of baseball. Um, but long story short, he goes in with nothing. So he pitches a one hit, one run game. You know, I think he threw seven innings. He had like nine Ks you know, like one walk, like he had, you know, thinking of it like six, six hits or something like that. So he had a great game, but he realized that the next day when he woke up, that his arm hurt in ways that it has never hurt before. And, you know, normally this, uh, you know, like these sores and pains that he would get, wouldn't be this way. Right. So he could only narrow it down to saying that I use more muscles because I have to grip the ball more. And, and Steve, I can let you pick up and kind of take, take this home, but, and as you tighten the ball more over repetition, repetition of just taking it, throwing your arm as fast as possible and going to like release it, it's going to strain more muscles. So he's, I don't know if he's advocating for us to use it, but like people have been doing it for years. So I don't think the MLB understands the safety implications that they have, like this is going to have. Because he's, he got hurt, right? So, anyway, Steve. I mean, I was going to say, baseball forever has sort of been a game of who can cheat the most and get away with it. Like, steroid era, all that stuff. But pitchers using sticky substance has been around forever. I was watching this sort of compilation of Hall of Famers like Pedro Martinez, Nolan Ryan. They were all talking about it. They use sticky shit. And they even have a rosin bag on the mound that's approved by the MLB, which is right. to get better grip on the ball. Um, and so them coming down, the, the thing that sort of gets me is that there's no sort of set, I guess, rule. They haven't really like come out that you have, they established like what is and isn't allowed like substance wise anything now. Well, here's the deal. Like, that's the other thing that he brought up. Tyler Glasnow was like, so you're going to tell these umpires to make a split decision on what kind of substance it is. Like, 
Like, it, so it's, it can't be any substance, essentially. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, at that point, it just and can't like, be any. Because, yeah, you can't have them judge it. I do think I do think it's gotten out of control, though, because... Oh, it, it looks ridiculous. There's sort of speculation. So t- Trevor Bauer... Trevor, well, yeah, well, I don't know. The, the, the inconsistency here just makes the whole league kind of look shitty. But Trevor Bauer, who's a pitcher for the Dodgers, he was on the Reds last year. He won the Cy Young, like, best year of his career. He, like, for his whole career has been, like, you know, trying to call people out, you know, like, accusing them of using illegal substances. Well, he, he, was, he was calling people out, like, you know, it, like it's, it's a long story. Out, uh, going through a slump. Like Joe Rogan calling out Carlos Mencia? Sort of. But he – uh. I'm actually not familiar with him. Side note, uh, Joe Rogan called out Carlos Mencia back in like 2007 because Carlos was stealing people's jokes, like literally and like doing the jokes right in front of them. Like before they would come on, he would like, he would end with like one of their best jokes and just like look him in the face and be like, eat my dick. Well, fuck Carlos Mencia. He was funny. This show was funny. In mind Mencia. But uh, so Trevor Bauer, he was he was like completely against all this shit, trying to call people out. And he was basically saying, like, you know, hey, if, if everyone else is doing it, I'm gonna do it. And then literally the next year, he won the Cy Young. And apparently that's part of the reason he got such a big contract from the Dodgers, which he's getting paid more than any player in the MLB right now is because they wanted access to like the his sticky formula. And <laughs> everyone on the Dodgers this year has gotten an which makes your ball yeah. move more. Um. Wow, I didn't even yeah. – that's so much deeper that I didn't even realize. Oh, my so God. It's, it's a huge problem. I, I think they should just make, like, a consistent, just sticky substance that's better than, you know, shit rosin. I have a follow-up question for Steve and or Zach. Uh, so, to me, what it seems like is the MLB is going through uh, a similar stages that the MLB – or, sorry, the NBA and the NFL are going through. Um Right now, the MLB is starting to realize most of their viewers are men who fell asleep in their recliners and forgot to turn the TV off. Um, so now what they're doing is they're realizing, oh, my gosh, these pitchers are really nasty. What, do we, what can we do to bump viewership? And that's cut down on these things, make these, make these pitchers work, increase the scoring, increase the excitement of the game. You know, maybe Fernando Tatis Jr. breaks some home run records, you know. Uh, something. Bring some excitement to the game. Could that possibly well, be what this crackdown well, is? Well, I mean, if I can, if I would say, I mean, baseball right now is a home run or a strikeout or a walk, right? It's rarely anything so, else. The fences now. It's kind so, of, it's kind of pathetic. I mean, it's it's boring of the game. with shifts. Analytics, yeah. With shifts, I mean, wild dude. People will be like. He can only hit it into these spots, so let's just stand in these spots. Like, like if you want to... Fuck! Like, if it... Like, it, like taking shifts out of the game, I would be for. I would say you have to keep two, uh, you know, two infielders um, on the side at all times. My thing is, if you, the, if you can't hit the ball, like, if you can't help but pull it to you know that side of the field that's kind of your fault. well because you're trying for home runs because you're trying for yeah, home runs but i i see that as a way of like them making a rule strictly for i guess more runs i don't know it, it just seems they like don't that's, button that's still anymore either <laughs> yeah it, it seems- well why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you base runner's no good if you can't get home you have someone that i agree own, like you know like they don't even try anymore i'm sure there's people out there so even with the guy on first, they're still going to have a shift on it. Like if you bunt somebody to first, okay, cool. Now put them on first. We'll shift everybody to the other side. Now we'll roll double play because that guy's swinging from the fence. Remember that one year in little league when you threw out every single, I don't think a single person was able to steal second or third that yeah. year when Zach was playing catcher. You might've we were, oh, yeah. we That was the iron birds. You weren't on our team yet, Steve. We hadn't recruited Steve. That's another story for another. That was, a, that was a big free a agent. Legendary team. That was a big. Zach literally threw out every single person that stole second or third base. He had a cannon for an arm back in the day. It's fucking I think because usually second and like stealing in Little League is like automatic. Yeah. You know, like, well, well, that's what it was. Like everyone would yeah. just run and think like, oh, they're not gonna throw me out. And Zach would just gun him. <laughs> if you get on Brent's two seamer on, on that. Yeah, oh, exactly. dude. Like, Brent's two seamer would come in on me. Just... That's hard. 
Brent was a lefty pitching. Think about that. That's my solution. Yeah. What? No, Brent, Brent was a lefty pitcher. Hey, why not just – That's what I'm thinking. I'm just saying it's just – facing that in Little League sucks. Uh, you got to be able to throw strikes to be – you know. <laughs> okay, but hear this out. What if they just – decrease the base paths just like brought them in like half like a, like a half a foot you know like it, a does, foot. it would i mean obviously it would never happen but like like it seems like a almost like a better solution than like what like destroying pitchers like well, i don't know bring steals bunts double like double plays are just such a threat when you have those shifts i feel like it's just like it's it's almost like autumn like how do you not do that i know uh this is a, a completely different not completely different, but I know Daniel Tosh has already said this, but I'm going to run for president under this idea and ideology. Every single player should be required to take steals. Oh, yeah. That's just great for the game. I think I would love to watch it. The MLB had the most viewership in the Roids era. And yeah, like we can sit here and bash on it, whatever. But goddamn, even if I knew they were on steroids, I would watch that shit. Just dudes hitting missiles. Absolute frozen ropes. Yeah, they should. They should really allow steroids. That'd be fantastic. My dad took me to a Giants O's game back in the day. I must have been like seven or eight years old, uh, maybe even younger. I think I was six. And Barry Bonds is on the Giants. This is in the. This is in the height of this man's. Royd and home run hitting era. My man's was a killer back then. And my dad takes me to the game. It's a hot day. You know, I'm eating cotton candy. I'm drinking soda. I'm eating chicken. I'm doing everything. You know, I'm having a fun time as a kid. All of a sudden, I look up. Boom. Start hurling everywhere. My dad's got to take me to the bathroom. While he has me in the bathroom and he's cleaning me up, Barry Bonds hits a grand slam bomb we're in the bathroom and he hears everyone start to cheer he still reminds me about it to this day he does not let me forget about it dad i'm sorry you know i i I fucked that one up you know especially now like the older i get the more i'm like god damn i really fucked that one up you missed his history right there barry bonds um one more thing on this whole cheating thing so zach i don't know if you've seen this there's this dude uh Fuck, I'm forgetting his name. I seen it. I seen it. Okay, his name is Ryan Spader. It was an insane thread. So this guy gets on Twitter last night and he's like, I might release all the shit tomorrow morning. And everyone's like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then today he literally just goes into thread and is like calling out specific teams like y'all cheated. Y'all cheated. Like not not stuff like, oh, they put sticky shit on the ball, which, you know, I'm fine with to some degree. They were talking about like, dudes like filming you know pitchers and like tipping off like basically what the astros did like tipping players on what what pitches are coming he accused like the yankees of doing it mm-hmm. he accused the royals the year they won the world series of doing it apparently this guy went on a power trip and like some people are calling him out for being like a attention grabbing whore but that's some other shit to start this the stats that he the stats that he provided were were pretty Pretty convincing. I mean, if you ain't cheating, you the ain't home tired. and away splits were. I mean, the home and away splits were, were gross, he answered, right? He also. Well, here's the other thing. Why can't you go to away games? <laughs> like, what changes? Can't fly him out there. Yeah, no. That he one of the one of his tweets was saying that a Dodgers employee dressed in like MLB staff gear and was putting cameras in Houston Stadium during the World Series, and so like it, there's, I mean, you know, showing home and away splits. There's usually a difference between those. But yeah, I mean, it, it, like that's there kind of should be. That they could I get mean, anywhere, yeah. home or away. You know, we're very lucky guys because we actually have uh, a cheatologist with us today, Mister Mister Matt the Iceman. Can you please um show us into the world of uh cheating and you know just so in croquet, what I say, this is what he's talking about in croquet. What I say is. Cheating is a part of the game, and, and this is uh, this is not just croquet. This is any game you play, okay? Cheating is a part of the game, and it's it's you just have to weigh how much you're going to get in trouble for it. You know, are they going to, you know, you should, all things you have to weigh, but of course you're going to cheat. And if you don't cheat, 
people lose. So, I mean, you know, th- these are, again, which losing is, uh, you know, a thingy way. And clearly after the Astros cheated in one World Series, we saw what did they, what happened? They, 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 they got the penalty that they got. Any team would take in a heartbeat to win a World Series. I mean, like it's not even remotely close. So we, we already know that cheating is totally worth it. And if you end up getting any penalty, if you're in a rebuilding year, probably don't cheat. You know, it's not really worth it. But if you think you have a shot at it and you're not cheating, well, then I, you know, I got a, I got a, I got another thing coming, buddy. It's, it's just not going to work for you. Having said that, everything Steve's saying is things putting the cameras up and getting the views. Because, so at what point does it become cheating? Because I know, like, if, like, everyone's, watch it everyone steals signals right everyone it's it's the cameras right it's, 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 the, it's the camera well no you try to Dude, steal that's it. part of the game yeah that's part of but the game like if you try to have if cameras and you have like, like what yeah part, if the like, base runner if the base runner right <laughs> can't i think cameras directed at intentionally at signals is cheating yeah so stealing signals is something you can do like when you're on base or if the pitcher is like tipping his pitches, like for example, if he like, you know, does something with his glove when he's throwing a breaking ball, but he doesn't do it when he's throwing a fastball, that shit you can pick up on like naturally. There's nothing you can do to prevent that. That's the pitcher's fault. Yeah. Literally from like the first pitch of the game, the Astros and I guess whoever else is using this video stuff could literally get the signal for fastball up and in, you know, dude's fucking ready for it. Just turns on. Right. But what specific rule though? So, Matt, Matt just asked, at what point does it become breaking the rule? And there is a very, very thin line that you walk between being between cheating and being savvy. Now, when you get caught, you're a cheater. But if you get away with it, you're savvy, like Bill Billy chick. Okay? So it's a very thin line that you walk. Bill Billy chick. He won three Super Bowls when this episode came out. And had a kick-ass kick Subway commercial. When you win, they call you savvy. When you lose or get caught, they call you a cheater. When you win, you still get called savvy. I mean, uh, Bill Belichick won. I, doesn't matter the time. Catch that man cheating 20 times. He still has all the rings. Catch the Astros cheating. They get fined. They get penalty. They still won a World Series. Still savvy. I mean, oh, you know, it's actually I, I saw the did you guys see the video where the guy uh, called over. I think it was like Alex Bregman or I think it was him. He calls over Alex Bregman. He's like, hey, he's like, oh, take a picture with me. And then Alex Bregman comes over and he goes, I want a picture with you, scumbag cheater. And he was like, you fucking bum as he's walking away. And Alex Bregman kind of looks and laughs over his shoulder. That shit was great uh, because obviously he knew he was like, ah, yeah, we cheated. But hey, who got our ring though? <laughs> Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, he definitely walked away. He's like, I couldn't say nothing to that kid, but, like, look who got a ring, bitch. And a fat contract. Because, I mean, they don't care if you cheated. Like, like, I guarantee you, any of those guys on that cheating team, that cheating had did not impact. In fact, that cheating made them so much money. I can guarantee it. So actually, I want to bring this question to the table for the guys. Do you think all this stuff going on with, you know, the pitchers kind of coming out about them, you know, altering the balls or, you know, trying to get an advantage, whether it's through using stick them or whatever you want to say, you know, is that on the same level with uh, deflate gate with Tom Brady a couple of years ago with, you know, him taking that, take it, not him, I guess him allegedly or the staff allegedly taking air out of the ball. You know, do you, do you think that's kind of on the same level? Because the way the NFL and like the media looked at that when, you know, all that stuff came out about the Patriots and Tom Brady and Deflategate, they were like, how could he? Like, are you kidding me? This is absolutely ridiculous. And like, I know people are making a big deal about it now in the MLB. But the thing about this stuff is like, especially with the MLB, Steve alluded to this earlier, when cheating and stuff like this is going on, it takes a long time before, it, you know, becomes national news it becomes a real issue that the mlb is like oh we better wake up from our nap and deal with the situation it's definitely on uh it's definitely on the same line right he did it to get a better grip so yeah yeah they're they're both doing it different because they're using the same footballs he just preferred the 
the left-bladed ones, he, you know, he, he what he preferred, and so they deflated them. And uh, I guess they just assumed that the other guy didn't prefer those as much. But they're using the same football. I mean, I believe. And I mean, like, really, like, they def- I, I don't know. I think Deflate Gate was a little bit probably overplayed. But I mean, again, you're not cheating. You're not trying. And one thing I'll say, which like almost I just thought about, which personifies the whole cheating situation so well, is when I play croquet and I cheat. What I do is I say when I move, because I, one common way I cheat is I, you know, knock my ball closer to where I want it to be, you know, move the position. And when I do that, I, you know, they catch me cheating or whatever. And I say, hey, man, you catch me cheating. Like, it's part of the game. Fine. I'll move my ball back. And they're like, and they're like, OK, whatever. We'll move his ball back. Right. But think about that for a second. You get caught cheating and you just get to you just have to move your ball back to where it was. So you cheat. You don't get caught. You win. They catch you. Just put it back to where it was like no harm, no foul. Just just, you know, whatever. Why wouldn't you cheat? Why wouldn't you cheat? Kind of asshole cheats in a game with his friends, like a relaxing long game. Like This isn't like major league croquet, you know, and to that note, we should, you know, next time that does get caught cheating, we should definitely move his shit back like a peg. Steve, only the scum of the earth does that. And, you know, over sitting here to my right would be the scum of the earth. And last time we played, I made a point because Matt was spilling this theory to me last time, you know, over a game of croquet, mind you, and not this exact theory about putting the ball back because that is interesting and will be implemented into the croquet rules. So thank you, Matthew, for drawing that, for, you know, working through that theory. I appreciate that. I watched this man in one game. I caught him cheating maybe three or four times and yes you're right it's dumb that i just made him move it back because i still think i ended up losing to him in that in that game which is just like that's what i'm saying like that's that's all that i saw like imagine what i didn't see dude like imagine what we're not seeing that bill belichick is bill belichick is doing you know it's makes you wonder conspiracy theory and that's the idea is eventually, you know, Brent realizes how ridiculous it's been. And it's like, wait a minute, that shouldn't be allowed. And then, you know, you implement a new rule like um, penalty stroke. And that's kind of, I think, what the MLB is doing, maybe with the the, the, the ticky tack, the, the sunscreen, whatever they're doing. Although he did make a, good, a lot of good points. And I imagine like, a, you know, a, a baseball, he's inconsistent. I have to imagine that like. Uh, there, there definitely should just be a one substance the MLB comes up with that everyone can agree on. And then that's the one substance you have the mound. And it's like, it comes from the, you know, I don't know, the MLB, the MLB, like it's prepackaged, they unwrap it. And that's what you have. Uh, I don't know why they're letting guys come up with formulas and like getting paid millions of dollars to bring certain formulas to, I mean, that, that's just obviously absurd. And I, I don't think there's any excuse for that. I mean, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You were just saying that earlier about croquet, man. I, I, I can understand it. I can if, the, if, if this is your livelihood, if this is what brings home the bacon, why would you not explore every option, you know? I mean, Bill Belichick, that's what he does, you know? He, he pushes the envelope. He sees how far he could push it before he's like, all right, all right, all right. It's like, it's almost like, it's almost like, like a swipe or no swiping-esque stuff where like whole, Bill Belichick would just come out and like he's just clearly cheating, clearly cheating, clearly cheating. They're like, hey, 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 Bill, Bill, Bill. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. Let me just go high. And the funny thing about him is he never acknowledges it. Never. Just just doesn't exact, which is all the more. He's just like he probably a long time ago was like, if I say nothing, then I never have to explain myself when I do dirty, schemey, slime ball shit. You fucking piece of shit in the in the AFC East. You ruined my shit. I'm a fucking Jets fan, man. Just retire. I'm really excited to see what Bill Belichick comes back with this year. Uh, given all that cap space, obviously they sucked last year, but I mean the man was literally like cap space rich. Um, but having said that, I do have a question. Um, okay, hold on. You can you can cut this out, Brent, because my I had a really good question, and then I started thinking about Bill Belichick again. Um, my question was pitchers with the tacky, t- ticky tacky, and does it? Oh, okay. And we're back. 
Yes, but my question is, do you think if a pitcher gets caught cheating in that way that they did, or even let's just, I mean, let's keep it general, the NBA, but, or sorry, the MLB, but if any player gets caught cheating, maybe pitchers in specific or even players that, uh, I don't know, any kind of cheating MLB, do you think that has any impact on their future contracts? Like, do, could it possibly devalue their future contracts? Or do you think it literally just has no impact? Right? Like, do they personally feel it in their wallet ever? Weren't you talking about how Bregman got a fat ass contract, how those kids were talking shit to him? And I was just like, yeah, you know, it happened. But, you know, I got this got this piece of jewelry, you know, this ring and I got a fat contract. So, you know, who's really laughing now? I think, you know, like the Astros, for example. Yeah. You know, they got to hear some shit. You know, we're going to we're going to dig into them for a year or two, especially because they got to sneak away during covid. But I doubt anyone in the organization regrets that fucking minute of it maybe carlos beltran and everyone else that lost their jobs once they tried to you know um get the fuck out of town but i don't know what do you think i was gonna say talking about just the sticky substances the current punishment is 10 days paid suspension so they're not even yeah i and if you're if you're a starting pitcher you're probably gonna miss one start because you're pitching every five five games so yeah, you're probably gonna miss one start and you're getting paid for it at the whole time so no they're actually not feeling it in their wallet at all which is absolute bullshit they should at least have to pay some sort of fine or forfeit their salary or else people are gonna keep doing it like that's a weak-ass rule that you can't expect anyone to follow just like when you get caught cheating and croquet just making you go back to where you were i mean from now on hey that that this is what we do man you know like this isn't this is this is what we do. We come full circle. This is this is our job. We kill it week after week. Matt, you have anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, I just saw. I was. I'm, we're watching this uh, this Atlanta uh, Philly game in the background, and I just saw Dwight Howard running down the court smiling, and it really really tweaked a nerve. Um, that man should not be happy. He deserves no happiness in his life. Uh, it, it, I. It, uh, like it's just, it, how do you come to a team and just have a sore anus and and banging trannies for a whole year? Well, I, I and again, I don't know, but these were two these were two things that that were under. I it was a sore buttocks, I believe, a sore uh, yeah buttocks. I don't know what's the proper medical term. Uh, yeah, a sore glu sore glutes for an entire season. I mean, that's incredible. Um, and now it's just good. He's just he's just playing like he, he never left. Um, uh, like, I just can't believe that that's incredible. Um, now I'm looking at him complaining, which hopefully they'll eject him. Uh, although I did just, uh, bet fake money on the Sixers at plus or sorry, Sixers minus seven, minus six and a half or seven and a half. I have to check, but, uh, given the fact that it's 28 to 40 right now, uh, just shows you my, uh, my intuition, my, my basketball knowledge. Well, you know, by the time this episode comes out, everyone could think you're lying or I could edit it out. You never know. It's a crazy world we live in. Steve, is there anything else you would like to add about this? That would be cheating if I got caught, but if I got away with it, it would be savvy. Steve, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? Bring it home. Shout out to uh, Jacob DeGrom for putting his balls in everyone's mouths this year. I will say that. He's a Met, so he's a scumbag, but you got to respect what the man's doing. That's all I'll say about that. No, you're absolutely right. I think we should draw attention to it. He, he is playing tonight, so by the time this episode come out, comes out, it could be a little bit different, but as of right now, DeGrom has more RBIs than runs allowed which is absolutely insane for somebody with over 10 starts. I mean, you know, time and time again, the Mets have always just not done anything to help him. You know, he's, he's lost wins. You know, he's been put in situations where he's given up one run and still lost the game. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. But the man's a goat. The goat. Everybody knows it. I'm glad everybody finally sees it. You know, I'm glad the MLB respects it. You know, the Cy Young, they don't really equate wins. And I think they, they got that right. And I think you're right, Steve. So, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Also, shout out to LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year. Anthony Edwards wasn't too happy about that, but, hey, man. Can't have it all. 
Lamelo, you had a great year. And, you know, we're looking forward to seeing uh, what you do in the future, man. Congrats. And uh, that does it for another episode of the Guys Who Talk About Sports. Make sure to tune in next week for episode 39. Again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys Talk Sports with two Zs and on Instagram at Guys Talk Sports 101. Finally, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor that makes all of this possible, Anchor. We love Anchor. We have a stronger bond with Anchor than Baker Mayfield has with making an abundance of commercials. Again, thanks for tuning in. And last, to send us out, name a player, not active, a basketball player, professional, played in the NBA at one point or another that went to UNLV. Steve. Uh, Larry Johnson, is that his name? Ding, ding, ding. Steve, killing it. Matt, what do you got? You know, if I were to think of a player from the uh, from UNLV, what I would do, well, no, 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 I'm just saying what I would do or what, what you could do, because what I won't do is I won't say, I won't ask, hey, Siri, who is, hey, Siri, what is it? Is my phone retarded? Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cut it out. Cut it out. The cancel police has showed up. Um, Matt, I don't think you, uh, Matt was trying to actively see that's you got, see, that's not savvy. That's cheating, Matt. No, 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 no. You didn't give me any time. You know, you sprung it on me. That's how you got to do it. If you're going to cheat or if you're going to try and stop cheating, you know, uh, Zach, name a player, a basketball player, active or past, that went to UNLV. Larry Johnson is off the board. Go. He's got nothing, folks. You know? Absolutely nothing. I didn't know it was going to get thrown in right into that. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of A1 Podcasting with the guys who talk about sports. This is the Mojo Man. Matt's got one last thing to say before we let you guys go. I contemplated the question a little further, and I've come up with some answers. Anthony Bennett, Kem Birch, or Bitch. No, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh Bryce, DeJohn, something or other, Stacey Augman, Greg Anthony, Marcus Bennett. All right, all right, all right. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Guys Talk About Sports. Matt doesn't know where people went to college. Um, have a great weekend of sports, and we'll see you next week for episode 39. Hey, that boy. Go win.